Okay. Um, today is November the 23rd, 2020. Um, it's been two months since my last confession. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it has been a while since I podcasted. Uh, I had some things on my mind today, just kind of having some conversations with a few people. Uh, we were talking about you know, the direction that the country's headed in and how unfortunate some of the things that are going on are, are on are, excuse me. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing how fragile our idea is of what's good and what's bad nowadays in America. You know, I, I tend to go back when we talk about the good old days and, and things that were, um, you know, we wish things were normal or the way that they used to be and that kind of thing. And, you know, I remember being a kid and, uh, my granddad, my dad's dad was my best friend when I was growing up, man. I was really close to him and, uh, owned a ranch over here in Southeast Oklahoma. And that's how my dad's family ended up in this area. They were originally from New Mexico and, uh, they moved over here and had cattle and horses and those kind of things. But the main thing was, that the man enjoyed spending time with his grandson, you know, as, as granddads do. And uh, I remember we'd go for these visits and, and we'd hang out and, and my dad was always helping him with the ranch and stuff on weekends. We'd come down. We lived about two hours away. And so dad would come down and help him with the ranch. And, and while he was there, you know, of course, my, I had some cousins. My dad's brother had some kids that, or has kids that are uh, really close to my age and stuff. So we would spend time playing with those kids. And they were like, you know, my best friends, my first playing buddies and stuff. So knew them really well and was really close with them and stuff when we were little. And, and uh, you know, we'd have these, these weekends, these fun-filled weekends where we could roam around and play and do stuff. We spent all weekend, you know, working helping them do stuff with cows and and we might be out playing army or you know whatever and we come in and take showers and and uh have to go eat supper you know and made to sit down and be still and that kind of thing at the end of the evening and you know learn some cool stuff from that time uh no cell phones of course no computers around um tv was an antenna and there was, you got lucky if you got two or three stations, you know, so you'd watch whatever your grandparents were watching on the weekend. And, uh, you know, the ride in the car to and from our house, it's a two hour ride. And there was no, you know, I might take some GI Joe action figures with me and play with them, uh, down there and back for two hours. And, you know, you'd sit still and, and get in trouble for being too loud, too rowdy and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it was worth it. You'd get all the way down, have this incredible weekend playing tag after dark and, you know, all these things that you get to do when you're a young kid and it seems so awesome. And one of the things that always sticks out in my mind whenever I think about those weekends was um, my grandparents would always come out when we got ready to go. Everybody would say, well, I guess we're going to get out of here and we'd have our stuff all loaded up. And so they'd come out on the porch and follow us out onto their porch and we'd kind of spend another two or three minutes kind of, you know, saying, you know, well, you know, I'll see you next time. We're going to come down next weekend. And you're kind of going through your plans and, and figuring out what all you're going to do and, and how you're going to do it and all that. You know, you usually wouldn't follow up on it. It was usually just kind of a last minute thing. And you'd kind of, you get in your vehicle 
and you'd back up and turn around and they had you know a little driveway wasn't incredibly long you know probably a tenth of a mile or something like that not real long but whenever we'd start down the driveway we would always turn around and we'd wave at my grandparents and they'd always stand there in the driveway and wave back and we'd wave and wave and wave till we drove out of sight you know and i remember thinking uh how much i'd miss them whenever we left you know which is normal uh and i did you know i missed him i loved my granddad man i'd hang out with him and go brush hog and uh you know we might go look at cows or feed cows or you know he was all, he was kind of a homebody so he always liked to be around the ranch so i'd go with him and do that stuff so i was you know i was tight with him close with him and i always wanted to stay you know oh you know i wish i lived here and all that stuff like that um you know so those those memories of being a little kid in the well that would have been in the early 80s um you know, it's like, oh, I was bored and, you know, and there was plenty of things negative about it. A lot of good stuff. You know, you didn't know what you didn't have, I guess you'd say. So you didn't really think about being bored in the car, you know, back and forth uh, from home and stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'd, we'd drive over to my mom's family's uh, places and they were in Wilberton, uh, which was about a 20 minute drive through Robbers Cave State Park. Um over to their house and we'd hang out and see cousins and you know do kind of the same stuff play and and uh all that and you didn't you know that, that ride through there it takes 20 minutes i know i drive it all the time and uh it seemed like it took an hour and i hated the drive every time but uh you know and and now you know you kind of fast forward you know you have all those memories of being a kid and now you know, I hear so many people, I've even heard myself say that kids are, you know, they're too caught up in their phones and their iPads and all these things, which iPads, I guess, aren't that big a thing anymore, but too caught up in their devices and uh, they don't see the outside world. But, you know, I kind of, I'm like a guy caught in the middle because I can see both sides of it because I know those car rides don't seem as long if you've got videos to watch. And uh, you don't miss somebody near as much if all you have to do is pick up the phone and you can talk to them or FaceTime them. You know, or any of these things that technology allow you to do. So for me, trying to figure out what's good and what's not good about this day and age, you know, it's kind of a, it's a funny thing because it seems like kids are distracted. And I, you know, on some level they are, I mean, you, it's inescapable. They just are. Um, you know, is it always a bad thing? Is it always um, the ruination of society? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, I've got kids and, and they come up playing video games and, and, uh, playing on their devices and they've all got phones and they've all had phones since they were little. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of bad influences out there on the internet and, and, you know, all those things, but man, I mean, anybody that thinks there's bad influences on the internet never rode the bus to and from public school because there was a lot of negative influences on the bus. I mean, you could learn everything from how to smoke a cigarette to uh, dirty pictures to, um, man, I don't, I mean, there's plenty of bad things can be learned on the bus. So there again, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. You know, I'm caught in the middle of this, uh, you know, this hating and loving technology at the same time from a, from a kid's perspective is what I was thinking of today. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, how bad America, the shape of America is terrible, you know, and it's, 
everything that the country's going to hell and uh you know uh, there's not gonna be any freedom left for our kids and and on there again i'm torn on some level i can see it on some levels i'm like this is the greatest time to have ever lived in this country where we live right now i mean as far as um i mean i'm sure there's exceptions but everyone i know has a cell phone you know uh there's never been more there's we waste food good grief we waste water um yeah i'm talking about everybody not just my family i'm talking about everybody i know you know we take uh trips to other towns and burn gasoline and you know i mean no there you go to high school parking lots and used to whenever i was in school you go to a high school parking lot man you could find some jalopies you know i'm talking about some some old cars that would have three different size tires on them and different colored fenders and you know ripped seats and rusted hole rusted out floorboards and um you know any number of things like that you could find in them old junkers that kids would ride to school i know i mean my first truck was a one ton my dad had an old chevy one ton had two different size tires and wheels on the front of it and uh it was a three-quarter ton truck that had a one ton rear end under it. it was the weirdest thing but um you know, uh, and it was a little granny four speed and it had real loud pipes on it. And I thought the pipes were cool, but truck was a piece of crap. Air conditioning's laughable. Uh, there wasn't even any equipment in it for air conditioning. Um, you know, and, uh, my first truck that I bought myself wasn't much better. Um, you know, I made it and I'm turned out fine. Learned how to work on stuff. Cause that junker broke down, you know, seemed like every other day you know i mean i spent uh i spent spring break putting an engine in that first truck that i bought learning how by myself because dad was off working in california as a welder so i was home uh 16 years old and if you want to go somewhere he let me take the motor out of that old one ton that i used to drive and put it in my truck so i stole the motor out of it and uh and not steal it but he told me i could have it so i pulled it out and put it in that other truck and got it going it took me all spring break to change a motor out that's how much i did not know about what i was doing but um you know still got it done so there's ingenuity involved there's there's things that you know kids these days wouldn't necessarily understand that and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know there were times that i would break down or something like that and i wouldn't have any phone service so you get to walk you know and with weirdos out there and that kind of thing like that i mean it's you know it's it's a safer I guess it, in, there's a trade-off no matter which way you want to look at it. But uh, I just found it an interesting thing looking at what technology is doing to America, good or bad. You know, I mean, we've got an election going on right now where, the uh, once again, the uh, results are being disputed. And we don't know who to believe. We don't, you know... Nobody's telling the truth. Everybody's trying to lie, and everybody's trying to get one over on everybody. Same thing with every election, it seems like. It's always uh, whoever loses is not going to go away quietly, and, uh, you know, and, and they shouldn't. You know, you should make sure it's a fair thing because human nature, uh, there's people out there that will cheat at every freaking thing they do. So I can kind of see why uh, people would want to make sure that there's been no, you know, funny business going on with the elections and 
But, you know, on the other hand, you know almost immediately when those kind of things happen, you know, you got breaking news constantly. Um, So you're up to date on whether or not Georgia's votes are getting counted correctly and are they getting counted for Trump or are they getting counted for Biden? I mean, you got your, you know, your finger on the pulse of the election, so to speak, you know, as long as you got your device in your hand. Um, you know, I mean, funny things like, like COVID-19, all this stuff going on, you know, we're trying to have football season. Um, my oldest son, Gavin, he's 18 years old and, uh, they are in the playoffs now, you know, going into the third game of the playoffs and, uh, we're going up to El Reno to play them this Friday and there's only 300 tickets available, uh, for the visiting fans for the game that, and the, uh, the OSSAA is who set it up that way in El Reno. They didn't want that many people coming, so they cut it down. And So there was this thing where um, they sent out a link early this morning, and you could go buy your tickets. I say early, kind of early in the day. And um, the people who saw the link come out, come out, and the, they've got, you know, these group me's and stuff like that, and these group text messages and stuff to tell people that it's time to go buy those tickets and some people weren't available uh there were some people that you know first one thing you know they had they were um busy with life stuff they didn't see the link come across and they didn't get their tickets and you know that was unfortunate but you got to think about it on a scale of what would you you know if we had COVID-19 in the 80s what would it look like you know um I mean, as I was growing up as a kid, I mean, what what all would it take to get half the things done? You know, information alone would be hard to come by about, well, what's the latest thing? You know, what's the greatest uh, information we have on how it's going? You know, you'd have to wait for NBC Nightly News or something like that to come on and tell you at 6 o'clock whether or not they were even getting close. You know, and once a day you'd get a little bit of, little tidbit of information about what was going on so the the lag would have been a lot bigger you know you'd have had a lot of other stuff to think about in between bits of information so you'd have life stuff you'd be figuring out instead of sitting around worrying every minute what's going to happen with COVID-19 you know and those like I said there again those things are good and bad it's hard to figure out you know I, I, I know people that are on both sides of these these uh ideas that I'm putting in here so I, I can empathize with both sides, you know. I mean, I, I am a I'm a believer in both things, uh, you know. And and it's it depends on I guess how strongly you feel about something one way or another as to whether or not it's something that um, is going to influence you changing your mind or not. I mean, you sit around here and think long enough, and you're going to find something negative about anything. So, good or bad on technology, you're going to be able to find something negative if you want to find something negative. Same way with the no technology. You know, I mean, uh, having having kids that are, like mine are 18, 14, and 9, and, you know, being able to keep up with those kids almost instantaneously, I mean, as a parent, it's indispensable. You know, I, I can't imagine raising kids, like, when in the 80s and 90s, whenever I was a kid, and every day, you know, I heard Theo Vaughn say it one day, you know, you're like, you'd strike out every day with your, your, your lunch and you didn't know what was going to happen that day. Anything could happen. You know, you don't know when you're coming home. That's a little bit 
you know, traumatic, but I mean, you did, you didn't talk to your parents all day long. And if they, you know, they'd have to call up to the school if they want to know anything. Um, you know, all these uh, news bulletins and all these things like that, they'd staple stuff, you know, staple these papers to your backpack or to your t-shirt, you know, or whatever. So that you get home, you have to get your parents' signature so they knew that they got the message. And, you know, now you've got these group texts where, and these group me messaging services and all these different things and Facebook, they can put all this stuff out there so that it's hard to miss, you know? So for me, it's, it's good and bad. I mean, like I said, as a parent, easily, I like my kids having phones. There's plenty of bad things they can see on there, but I feel like as a parent, if you're present enough, um, and you're trying to presently influence your kids on what kind of person to be, that you can overpower a lot of what they see on these devices. Uh, depends on how you approach it. You know, nobody's perfect about it. I'm definitely not perfect about it. Um, and they're going to learn things maybe before you would have them learn it. And, and I'm all about trying to keep a child's innocence too. I don't think that you should go around telling kids things that they don't need to know. Um, and some of some a lot of times, you know, from some of the studies that they've done, that gets messed up by having a device that has capability of getting on the internet and finding all this stuff. You know, they can inadvertently run across things that they shouldn't see. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure as as technology moves along, they'll find ways to better either either society will adapt to the kids knowing these things so early or they'll figure out safeguards to keep them from knowing it so early. Um, you know, depending on, I, I mean, I couldn't call it on which way that would, that's going to go, but, uh, you know, I would hope that they would rather err on the side of caution and try to keep these kids from finding this stuff out too early because there's a lot to be said about the sanctity of being a, a small kid, you know, be it male or female. So, uh, you know, getting to be a child I mean, I don't care if you've got an iPhone or not. Getting to be a child is in, it's, it's indispensable. It is absolutely necessary. Um, any kids that I, when I was growing up, if I knew kids that had to grow up too fast, you know, like if they lived in a single parent home or something like that and their mom or their dad had to work all the time so they got left home by themselves, you know, it was they would get into things that they shouldn't get into or they would, you know, kind of like the internet, they would find out things they shouldn't find out when they're left unto themselves. So, um, you know, it's, that's a tough one, man. It's, it's very hard. Uh, I'm, I'm sure as anybody that would hear this, that's a parent would, would agree that drawing that line or knowing where to draw that line sometimes is kind of tough because, you know, you can say all day long, well, my, my, my son or daughter's not getting a phone until they're this age. But, you know, if you have a kid, let's say like in my instance where uh, we were divorced when my kids were little and, uh, you know, one, one of my sons was four years old and the other one was eight months old. And, you know, once I got that phone for him, then I could, we could call each other. If he's scared in the middle of the night, he could call me. He could talk to dad, you know, instantaneously. Uh, we could text back and forth once he learned how to text, which he kind of figured it out faster than I did. Um, you know, he, he could let me know what was going on, where he was going to be, what time his things were. You know, uh, 
his mom and I had a strained relationship whenever he was real little. So there's sometimes I didn't didn't know what was going on, and he would kind of keep me filled in. And that's not really his job, but you know, it's kind of the way it worked out, and it worked out good because he wanted me to be there. You know, and I was able to know when to be there instead of being clueless, like you know, a, a father in the '80s or the early '90s or before cell phones. He would have been clueless. He wouldn't have known when those things were happening, you know, because you're just going to work every day and coming home. And, uh, you know, if you don't get the, if you're not there when the kid gets home with the note stapled to his shirt, then you don't know about this. You know, you don't know about pancakes with parents or whatever. You know, they got a million of those things now. But, uh, you know, you get to eat Thanksgiving dinner with your kid at school and, and all those things that, uh, we did whenever you know my kids were young and they had it whenever I was little too so you know there it's such a it's such a new time to me that it's hard for me to say whether I think we're living in the good old days or whether they're already gone you know I mean I I tend to kind of listen to Merle Haggard on some of that stuff in that you know he said that he doesn't think that the good times are over that they're still to come and I feel like that, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic person by nature when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think that we got to figure this stuff out, but there's always been, no matter what advance there is in human history, there's always growing pains with that stuff. And not, to, not to minimize the damage that those growing pains cause, but it's inevitable. It's an inevitable part of being human of things not working out every time and things not being the way you want them to be. So um, as hard and callous as that may seem, um, it is a part of life. Uh, There's there's so many areas when it comes to this particular topic. That's why one reason why I want to talk about it because uh, it's so, you know, we, we find it, it's kind of polarizing in some aspects because there's, you know, people out there that have very strong feelings about uh, technology and and the the ill effects of it. And then you got the same kind of people about uh, you know having positive look at outlooks on technology. And so I you know I think it's something that needs to stay on people's minds. I think discussion about it um, is always a good thing. Communicating between people is always going to be a good thing. It's the only way we can resolve things. It's what separates us from the animals. You know, is our ability to communicate. So I think. Uh, anytime that you force a discussion or, or you're able to create some dialogue uh, between people because you're going to have differing opinions on any subject, I think it's important for people to have that kind of dialogue. You know, it gives you an opportunity to spill what's in your brain out on other people and, and possibly have it disproved. Um, you know, I, I've, I've thought certain ways and then learned over time that those ways didn't suit me as well. You know, that I, maybe I grabbed this idea from somebody because I thought they were cool or because I thought they were smarter than me. And then come to find out when I really start thinking about it, especially as I got older and was able to think more on my own instead of worrying about what other people think, you know, you kind of go, well, wait a minute, that doesn't, that doesn't hold water. Uh, you know what I thought about that's not, that's not real. So, you know, you go through a, or I have gone through a pretty big metamorphosis uh, getting older and about a lot of subjects, you know, and technology is one that gets brought up a lot because of 
the point we're at where this technology came in. You know, I mean, you got people that are older, like my parents' generation in their 60s, and they came up most of their lives without all this technology. So they, they know uh, what, what an entire lifetime almost looks like without it. Whereas you've got kids like my kids' age who it's been around their entire life, so they can't imagine life without it. And then you've got guys like me who were around when computers started showing up and I had the, one of the first bag phones, bag cell phones that came out. And I was somewhat of a celebrity in my area. Not really. Um, but, I mean, I did have a, a bag phone. And, you know, I remember, I've told the story a hundred times, but I, I remember calling my mom and being like, uh, you know where I am? And she said, no. And I said, I'm in my truck driving down the highway talking to you on the phone. And we both laughed and, you know, and, and thought about how crazy it is. Wow, you know, so crazy. And now, you know, since then we've had a million conversations while I'm driving down the road know with my phone up to my ear or whatever and uh, or vice versa Herbie driving or whatever so as a guy who's lived you know part of it most of it you know I would say so far half my life without it and half my life with it um, you know I mean I tend to lean towards liking the technology just from the from the safety aspect of it of being able to keep up with the people you care about you know um, and some peace of mind about, um, you know, you can teach yourself a lot of things. Having the internet, and, and not to say you need to believe everything that's on the internet. You need to be discerning and try to, you know, make sure what you read is not somebody's blank opinion, you know, and that you, you read other, other things similar to try to get a, a consensus across, you know, some of the great minds or whatever you want to say, um, you know, you definitely want to check things out when you read something. You don't necessarily just want to take it in as as truth until you've done some research to try to back it up. So, and that's the that's the burden of it. You know, that's the burden of of wanting to know what it is you believe. And for me, it's like a it's like a constant journey. You know, there's it's like there's never going to be an end to me trying to figure out what it is I believe um, on a lot of levels. You know. Um, and, and that comes from, I think that comes from growing up in the time that I've grown up in. You know, I mean, you got, you have everything all the way down to even now with COVID-19 being like it is, you know, we're almost a year into that. And, uh, I mean, you're basically, I've seen America do things that I didn't know America would do. I mean, I remember whenever, you know, like in, in March, when they were talking about closing down states and all this stuff, it all sounded like some movie, you know. I mean, they're talking about, um, you know, can't eat at stores. They're going to close the schools. They're not coming back from spring break and all these things. And and I remember at the time thinking they're not going to do that. You know, nobody's going to go for that. Nobody's going to let everybody shut everything down. Nobody's going to go home and just sit there. But that's exactly what we did. You know, out of out of uh, you know necessity or, you know, the powers that be decided that that was the best way to handle the spread to try to slow it down so that it didn't take over the country and, and people needlessly die, I guess, from the overpopulated hospitals and that kind of thing. You know, they did. They shut down the country, as anybody listening to this knows. They shut down the world uh, to a large degree. 
And, and we still haven't opened all the way back up. And we're still trying to figure out what this new world means. You know, my oldest son uh, is a senior in high school and he does not go to school. He does all his learning online. Still plays sports, still plays football. And he's continuing to do his work online, not going to school. And it's so strange to me uh, to not have that. I don't know. School was always like this constant. And that was always something about being a young person was that you were going to go to school. I mean, it's like a basic part of life. And so now that's changed to where uh, education is done in a different way. It's done, you know, some, some people are doing it online. And my first thought was, well, they'll never stick to it. You know, my son will never, he won't do his work. If he don't, if there's not a teacher there, he'll, he will not do his work, but you know, he's proven me wrong. And that's where I am there again. That's that both sides of the, the uh, argument on technology is I thought he would never do his work, but he does. He recognizes, you know, he's been using computers in school, so it wasn't such a big leap for him to get logged on and to do his schoolwork on his own without a teacher pushing him or anything. Yeah, and that could be a credit to his age and his personality and so many things, you know. But I'm just saying uh, it it looked like in the beginning that I was not going to like it. It looked like something that was destined for failure. But it's turning out to work for him. It doesn't work for everybody, and I, I don't mean to say that. But what I am saying is, is, is it's an incredible tool with, with COVID like we had going on. He was going to miss some game, some football games from being quarantined, which he got kind of fortunate and a team forfeited, so he didn't during his quarantine time. He never ended up getting COVID, but he has quarantined for contact with it, and he didn't miss any games. So once we had that happen, we switched him over to virtual school, so that he doesn't come in contact with anybody at school to keep him from playing football games. Now, I know the first thing you're thinking is the first thing I was thinking was we're sacrificing his education so he can play sports. But I wanted to make definite sure that he was not going to do that. You know, so I, at first, policed him real hard, you know, like kept an eye on it, checking on it, and all these things, and he just keeps doing it because he realizes that that's if he wants to get to play ball and do the things that he wants to do, then he's got to keep his grades going. So he does that. And in this instance, it's a success story. Not to say it's a success success story with everybody. I don't know why I can't talk. Um, But just to say, in our instance, it's worked out well. So to say that conventional school is the only way for someone to learn or get their schoolwork done, is not necessarily true. Uh, you know, and, and given he is a senior, so he only, I think he's got three hours of school to take, uh, you know, just to kind of finish up his school. Now my middle son stays at school. He doesn't, he hasn't gone virtual. Um, and you know, I mean, it's going to what I would consider normal school other than he has to wear a mask all day and they check his temperature every morning before he can go in, into the building. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit awkward that way, but, and he goes to conventional school. So, and that seems to be working fine also, you know, it's, it's, um, sometimes I, you know, I think that's part of my apprehension is falling back on that old, well, if I don't understand it, it scares me. Um, and so when I give myself a chance to try to, uh, 
instead of making up my mind immediately from what I see or hear, giving it a little bit to see how it works and to see what all goes into it, then, you know, sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Like in this instance, I've been pleasantly surprised how well this has worked. Now, would I rather him go to school, have the, you know, the quintessential senior year uh, experience where he gets to walk the halls and be the big man and blah, blah, blah. Sure, I would. And he would, too. He would prefer it. He tried to start out that way. And, they, you know, whenever they were given the choice when we started back to school and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, he would have rather had that happen. But, you know, uh, with things being like they are during this time, this was what we felt like was the best choice for him. And it's turned out to be so, you know, in this particular instance. But, um so there again, like I said before, there's there's so many things, no matter which way I look at this technology and what we do with it, I can see both sides of it. You know, it's really hard for me to figure out if it's good or bad. I mean, there's not a whole lot I can do about it at the end of the day. I tell myself that too. Um, you know, uh, not to say that I don't have an opinion and that someone's opinion doesn't matter, uh, but I'm not into politics. I'm not into influencing or any of these other things that would create world change. Uh, but I do feel like that if you want to leave a legacy for the world and you want to change the world, um, you know, you want to give your little your little tweak to the world or whatever, you do that through your children. You know, you raise your children in a certain culture, in a certain mindset that you want them to carry on that you feel like will be beneficial to them as they move forward and to help the world shape that way. And in our instance, it's, it's, um, it's been a method that is somewhat forgotten, you know, on my side, of course I had two older boys and then I have my little stepdaughter. Uh, but with the older boys, I've always been really quick. We're not, uh, anti-feminism. We're not chauvinist or anything like that, but we're men, we're, we're males. And there's, I don't, I'm not going to tell my children that there's something wrong with being a male. Um, now everything that men do is not, you know, not the greatest, not the most awesome thing to do, but being men, being a man is not something to be ashamed of. And I've let them know that you can be a man, you know, we're hairy, we talk rough and we do, you know, we're aggressive sometimes and those kind of things like that. So, uh, as long as you're respecting your fellow man, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a man and that's kind of getting lost. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that either more fathers aren't, aren't available or they don't make themselves available to father their children in a way that would help shape society as we go. Uh, you know, I'm not a lawmaker and I'm not a politician, but I am a very attentive father and I'm trying to show my kids how to father their children and so in doing that I'm helping shape society in my own little way you know that little bit of society that little important thing about being a man being a male isn't lost in my family and I and I'm I'm actually really careful to make sure that I do that that they do understand that uh as far as, and the way technology plays into that, all those kind of things like that. I mean, you kind of have to watch that's, this is a negative side of technology in my mind because you have to watch and make sure that, you know, there's a lot of, um, 
not feminine ways, but there's there's things on the internet. There's a, there's like this wave of accusation that comes across all these social media platforms where um, it's not acceptable to be this or to say this or to do this or to do that. And you have to be careful what you let in your kid's mind. You know, I mean, that's where I was talking about earlier about they can be influenced by what they see on the internet, especially if you're not showing them yourself how and who to be. Uh, Now, if you're a heavy influence, and I'm not saying dominating them because that's not what you want to do. I'm not trying to make my kid me. I'm trying to make him the best version of him. So I don't want to dominate him, but I definitely want to show him that having a strong personality and trying to be a, a decisive person there, there's no shame in that. It's a good thing. There's got to be leaders. There's got to be leaders of men and women. And, uh, you know, why can't it be you? Uh, and that's the thing about technology is, you know, there. it's kind of like that mentality of, uh, it's like the movie Benchwarmers, you know, where it's kind of like the underachievers have now found a foothold to where it's not, it's not cool to be too good at something. You know, it's not, it's not right to excel too much, you know, and something's physical, especially, um, you know, and, and in doing that and saying that that's a big push towards knocking down your masculinity. And I think that's unfortunate. So that's one of the most unfortunate things for men anyway. I, you know, I can't speak on, on, I mean, I could on, how women are being done in the internet and that kind of thing like that. But I'm not a woman, so it's not really fair for me to speak, I wouldn't think, on what a woman's experience in life is going to be versus what uh, the internet thinks it should be. So I'm going to leave that out. I'm going to leave that for someone else to talk about because I'm not, uh, I don't feel qualified because I'm not a woman to speak on those things. But I am a man. And so... I guess what qualifies me on that is because biologically I'm set up to be what I'm talking about. So, but anyway, back to my point. Uh, I think it's important that, uh, you don't let technology kill your masculinity and it, and it can, it will, it wants to, you know, it wants to be, you know, like uh, being a gamer in which, you know, there again, we play video. I play video games. My kids play video games. Uh, you know, we, we're not murderers and we're not, uh, savages and we don't we don't devalue human life because of it um, you know it's just something that's fun to do that doesn't cost anything so and you can compete if you get online and play then you can play in a competitive atmosphere if you want to you know so it's it's there again I mean every one of these things that I keep talking about it's like a double-edged sword you know uh, technology is and it's part of those growing pains you know it, it won't be as hard to figure out for my son's generation as they grow up and have kids because, you know, we've already waded through these waters for them and we've shown them, you know, uh, maybe the what not to do's more than anything else. I I tell them all the time, you know, I'm very versed in explaining to you what not to do because I've done things the wrong way a lot. So trust me when I say don't do it this way. You know, I, I don't know about these ways, but I know this way sucks. So don't do it that way. And I've, I've been able to do a lot of teaching to my kids from my failures, which I think is important. I mean, I, I think that uh, especially when it comes to technology and the unknowns that go along with technology for somebody like me who may not be 
um, as well versed in it as, as I probably should be. But I think it's important to take a, a huge role in what goes in and out of your kids' heads. And to say that you want to take the internet away from them altogether, I think you're cheating them. You know, I think it, it's because people may not want to work so hard for the attention. They want them to be the only thing to pay attention to. And I think that's a dangerous thing. You know, when it comes to technology uh, and the internet and the influences on the internet, you got to try to teach these kids how to discern. You know, if you think that the internet's trying to teach them something wrong, tell them why. You know, tell them what you know from life experience that makes what they're seeing on the internet maybe not be true or be so or be the way things should be done. You know, and that in that way, you get to influence society in some small way, you know, because your kids are going to have kids and their kids are going to have kids. And as that's continued on, you know, and you make that a priority in your parenting, they see that even inadvertently, they might not even realize they see it. Just like there's things about my dad and my parenting style that sometimes my father comes out of me and I don't even mean for it to. And somebody will call me on it and go, wow, you know, wow, SL, which is my dad. You know, I'm like, hey, what do you, you know, and you don't even realize it, but it, it became a part of you because that's what you grew up in. So I think, uh, you know, I, being a parent, especially in this day and age with technology, is as much work or more work than it's ever been. And it's, and there's as many or more pitfalls than there's ever been for kids, you know, growing up. So, um, you know, it's, it's work. You got to want to do it, man. If you want your kid to turn out right and have technology, you got to work at it. You got to keep up with them. You got to ask them questions. You got to be in the, you know, maybe not up in the middle of what they're doing. You don't want to be that parent where you're overprotective, but you know, a little bit of overprotectiveness doesn't hurt anything, but uh, you still, they still got to get out there and screw up. You know I mean? That's a part of life. I don't care if there's technology or not. So, you know, there's, there's so many things that I, about technology that I have, I can see both sides of. So it's hard to know, you know, like I said, one of these days, somebody, you know, my kids, they'll have it better figured out whenever they get ready to go out into the world and have their own kids, then they'll know better, you know, because they'll have learned better. We'll have learned together that, you know, more of the do's and don'ts of this technology thing. Plus there'll be advances between now and then that I can't even fathom. I mean, as fast as all this stuff is changing, there's going to be things that, uh, new ways of interfacing with technology. You know, you see all these things in the news and stuff there, there it's, it's almost daily new technologies that are coming up and, and ways of interacting with technology and, um, uses for technology and all these things. I mean, there's, there's a million things, uh, that are going to change between now and then. So on that end of it, it's, it doesn't seem daunting to me or scary. It just seems like, you know, it's a little bit of a, I'm going to have to work at it. I got to try to keep up with some of this stuff and learn it and try to be a good parent about it and try to show my kids, uh, what I can do, uh, with and without it. You know, I mean, it's just important to show them how to function without all this technology if they can, you know. I think that's important also. So you don't want to forget that side of it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very excited about the future of technology. I feel like it's in a good spot. And, you know, we, we get scared of AI and we're scared of uh, autonomous vehicles and we're, we're afraid of, of things changing beyond what we can understand and things that we can keep up with. And that's not necessarily bad to be, you know, apprehensive about it. It's, you know, 
it keeps you from getting burnt by the fire if you're a little bit worried about the heat, you know, so that's, it's not always a bad thing. It's good to be, you know, cautious, I guess, but, uh, you also have to be open-minded, I think, you know, to, to, to move forward in the brave new world, you know, you gotta, you gotta be open-minded. You gotta be willing to learn and willing to adapt and willing to let your sit, your kids see you be vulnerable. Um, and ooh, maybe even that great big, I don't know what to do. Let your kids see that you're having to try to make choices to figure it out. Maybe let them know you don't necessarily understand that you can figure it out together. Oh, what a crazy, scary place to be where you might let your kids be, you know, not on your same level, but at least see that maybe you don't have every single answer coming down the pike. It doesn't mean you're going to, they're going to lose respect for you. You might even gain a little bit of respect by seeming a little more humanistic about it. Who knows? You know, that's a, that's a tough one, but I, you know, I think, uh, I think technology, uh, you know, in and of itself is not bad. I think it's helping us in too many ways to cast it aside. You know, I mean, we got things that are saving lives and making our lives better, making them easier. I mean, life's never been easier than it is right now. When we have these things at our disposal, I think it would be a shame to try to do away with them. And so in my mind, uh, I, I feel like that we should, uh, be working with technology, you know, and, and not to be totally trusting of it because nothing's to be totally trusted, but at least do the best we can to make the best decisions we can about how we use technology in our daily lives. So I don't know, that's about the short and long of what I had rolling around in my head, so that's it. Episode number two uh, in the books. So, uh, man, I'll tell you what. If you if you if you like this podcast, want want it to keep going or whatever, hit me up on social media and let me know you listen to it, or you know, uh, tell me if I'm dumb or you don't like it. I mean, I I like discussion. So if you think the things I'm saying are stupid or you don't believe me or you think that, you know, that I'm just uh, ignorant about something or that you have a better idea about it, I'm always willing to learn. So hit me up on social media and let me know what's going on. Uh, you know, I mean, I've got freaking every kind of social media account I think that there is. So, uh, you know, let me know what you think about it. You know, Life on Earth podcast. Uh, that's what it's about. Life on Earth, human experience. So, uh, let me know what you think about it. And I'm uh, trying to keep them short, trying to keep them under an hour. I'm a little over 45 minutes, like 46 minutes. And uh, so that it's kind of a little snippet you can kind of sit down and listen to and maybe you can think about it and kick me back with something and let me know, you know, how, how wrong I was or whatever. So I appreciate everybody. Anybody that's listening to this, I deeply appreciate it. And uh, let me know what I'm doing wrong or what I could do to make it better. Um, hit me up on that social media, man. I'm not afraid. So thank you for your time. And, uh, I'll, I'll be, be doing it again as soon as I can.